Living Adventurously is brought to you in partnership with Kamut, the route planning and navigation app that helps you make the most of your outdoor adventures. Whether you're cycling, hiking, running or bikepacking, Kamut's easy-to-use technology will get you out the door and exploring more of the great outdoors. You can see where I've been exploring by checking out the highlights of my journey on Kamut. Just follow the link in the show notes. My name is Alistair Humphreys. I set out on a bicycle journey around Yorkshire to speak to interesting, ordinary people who, in very different ways, are making an effort to live adventurously. I wanted to talk about what they do, about the barriers they've faced along the way, and to seek their perspective on some of the big questions that all of us encounter in our lives. Welcome to Living Adventurously. <laughs> I've written here, needs intro music. Um, okay, here we go. Um... <laughs> Have a loop. After a terrible night's sleep in a wood, a gale overhead was just thrashing the trees. I got back on my bike, bleary-eyed, and climbed up and over the first massive hills of my ride to the beautiful dale of Coverdale. And there, at the end of the road, I found the Beyond Boundaries Farm. It's the kind of quiet little end-of-the-road, end-of-the-village place where you have eggs for sale outside in an honesty box. And Beyond Boundaries Farm offers well a welcome and a community primarily, but also training and outdoor activities to people young and old with a whole range of mental disabilities. When I arrived, it was the busy, happy chaos of Monday morning. Um, I was given a cup of tea and then taken off to, to look around the farm, to meet people there and to feed the donkeys and the pigs and the goats and the llamas, which I found a bit scary, and to have a chat. Um, Kay and her husband, Anthony, they were made redundant a few years ago after 20 steady years of being teachers. And this thrust them into a totally different world of uncertainty. But it's turned out to be one where Kay doesn't want to take time off anymore. She loves coming to work and it's a, a very happy change to, to life now that, now that her own kids are leaving home. It's a new adventure for her. So I spoke to Kay and she gave me some fascinating perspectives about adventure, challenge and achievement for the disabled people that she's working with at the Beyond Boundaries Farm. I'm Kay um, and with my husband Anthony I run a small business called Beyond Boundaries where we look after people with um, learning disabilities and or uh, physical disabilities. Okay, um, but you you didn't you haven't always done that. So can you tell me about your uh, life in the olden days? What was your life? For... In the olden days, I was a teacher in mainstream education. Um, I taught business and economics for twenty one, twenty two years, some, something something like that, um, until my daughters were grown up. When I felt I needed a change, and uh, and what was that change? Well. When I first left, I took um, a redundancy payment and spent a year doing um, not very much, really, uh, trying to work out what I wanted to do. Um, met up with um, a lovely lady called Lucy, 
who ran a business very similar to the one that we run now at the same place that we run it, who um, needed somebody to help her out. And we, we took it from there, we took over. So you went from being a, a teacher in a normal school, being a mum as well, uh, for 20 years, pretty normal, routine kind of life with its the excitements and dramas of being a teacher uh, to today. And I, I only just met you this morning and I arrived Monday, early Monday morning into what I'd... I think I'd describe as a very happy chaos. It's uh, There's people all over the place doing stuff. This is um, running around. There's a lot of energy here, but, but it feels to me like a totally different world to life as a teacher in a normal school. Absolutely. I think you've probably summed it up better than anybody else yet. Chaos, but happy chaos. Um, I never thought I'd have a job where I actually don't like taking time off I want to get up in the morning and I want to come to work and I um as my kids are leaving home I feel like I've got a new family somebody else to sort of look after and care for so yeah it's uh, a massive change but a very happy change. So when you were back being a, a teacher did you ever anticipate that you would stop that and then go do this fairly um unconventional work or did you did was your life sort of mapped out towards through your teacher's pension <laughs> uh trip to the sunshine yeah pretty much I'd, i decided that um at 55 i was going to take my pension early um do a bit of part-time work maybe to top it up and then by 60 yeah have holidays do very little that's completely gone out the window now um i'm coming up very rapidly to 55 and have no intention whatsoever of um, retiring in the foreseeable future. Okay. So can you compare um, the life of certainty you had then to this life of uncertainty now? This is so much more interesting, fun. Um, I don't have to do the bits and pieces that I didn't enjoy with teaching. didn't mind the teaching. I didn't like all of the um, the paperwork that goes with it. So the um, I'd also done it for so long, I got to a position where I was a little bit bored. I'm never bored now. Um, I like the uncertainty. I like the unpredictability. I like being able to um, decide that maybe next week we'll go out on a trip or we'll do something different. Um, so, yeah, it's much more fun, much more exciting. Um, and what are the pension prospects? Well, I've still got my teacher's pension. Oh, oh good. So uh, okay. I'll still, oh, good. I still will retire at some point. Uh, yeah. I just don't want to yet. Yeah. That's all. So. Which is actually, I think, actually a nice thing. Because one of the things I'm interested in is people moving to a life of more uncertainty. But I think having a sensible safety net is a, a good balance between doing something daft and being yeah. practical, isn't it? Yes. I mean, we do have that safety net in, in that, because uh, we've both got a, a teacher's pension and in that way, we're very fortunate that we've been able to, I suppose, take a bit of a risk on something, but knowing that we had something to fall back on if need be. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. What does living adventurously mean to you? What would that phrase mean to you? It means getting out and about doing different things, meeting different people, um, meeting interesting people. Um, not that I didn't meet interesting people as a teacher, but I meet people who are very different now, who come from all different kinds of backgrounds to me, who come in as volunteers, who just pass by and pop in for a chat. So I think it's about 
getting out there and doing things that are different. And I think that adventure's linked to being outside as well. And we're outside a lot now. And what does living adventurously mean? What would that phrase mean to some of the guys that uh, that you help here? It can be something very simple. We've just got bought some um, bikes um three some of them are tricycles some of them um are ones that you 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 sort of pedal with your hands and just being able to cycle in a circle could be an adventure for some of them because they've got a very uh lack of good balance and they've never ridden a bike before and that can be adventure to them walking the donkeys up to the woods can be adventure building a shelter in the woods can be adventure it can all be very simple things but things that they've never done before and why is adventure important to the the people that you're helping here? If if they didn't come and do out outdoor things like that, some of them would be inside uh, quite a lot, um, which would be very unhealthy. This is getting them out and about, and they come they come back on a lunchtime or on an evening, and they often have a, have a real buzz about them, and it's something that they've done, and it's it's all linked to fun and being part of a team. And one of the the nicest things they ever say is that they feel as if they're part of a family. And I think that's all linked to the kind of great times and the adventures we have together. There's a young lady here, um, Claire. Yeah. Um, And Anthony was telling me about the time she went up to the woods to cross the stream. Can you tell me about that? Yeah. Claire is absolutely great and she'll have a go at anything. But she can be very, very unsteady on her feet. Um, And what was... We had a street, we have a stream, I should say, and we're trying to build bridges across it. But part of it is not to necessarily go on a nice, safe, secure bridge. It's it's about getting in the water and stepping over the stones. And the first time she did it, with help from some of the other guys, the sense of achievement was just amazing. Um, so some things that we might feel is very, very simple to her was just... She talked about it endlessly. <laughs> oh, that, yeah, and and I, I find that such an important thing as people the kind of world I live in is normal adventure stuff. And there seems to be quite a thing of measuring your adventures. People worrying that, oh, what this thing I'm doing now is not that amazing because so-and-so climbed Mount Everest. And one thing I'm really interested in is people trying to do adventures at their own levels. Yeah, um, yeah. And I guess that's something you experience here is each of them, they have different needs and skills, don't they? So adventure is different for them all. Yes, absolutely. Um, One of our service users, um, he sometimes stays over here um, if if his parents are away for um, rest. He stays here for kind of respite care. And staying on a farm to him is a massive adventure as well. He he likes to hear the animals early in the morning and he gets up and he goes around and looks at them. And um, that's an adventure to him. you know, walking the goats can be an adventure to some to some of them. Everything is different. They all see different things in the activities that we do. Um, and a lot of the the guys here have got quite um, severe um, physical, mental um, difficulties, yeah. and and they're not going to be going on to get normal jobs and normal um, uh, conventional lives. Yeah. So, what is what's the importance of trying to stretch them and help themselves grow and become more ambitious with the things they're trying to do what's what's the purpose of that in their they cases? all just like everybody they need a purpose in life they need to feel that they're achieving something um so 
you know, just by going off and collecting the eggs and counting them and putting them on the, the cart for everybody to sell, collecting the money in, uh, counting it up at the end of the day, that's given them a real purpose and it's something that they find really interesting, really exciting. It helps to build their confidence because it can sometimes be daunting to go out um, in big crowds if you if you have certain um, difficulties. Some of our guys, um, quite a few of them have autism and find crowds difficult. And helping them to not to enjoy being in a crowd, but being able to accept being in a crowd sometimes without panicking, I feel that's a massive achievement for them as well. And you mentioned purpose a few times in that answer. Um, what's what's your purpose? My purpose is to get to give them really the best experience that they can have. Um, if at the end of every day I can send them home and they've all had either had an achievement or had a good time or just enjoyed being here, then I, that that's what I want to achieve. This is one of these those lovely places that you turn up to occasionally and you just feel welcome straight away. And it's just full of lovely, bubbly, loud, kind, <laughs> cheerful, laughing people. Um, and I, I think that's a lovely thing that you're all so kind and giving. So um, I'm, and I'm not nearly as nice a person as you. So what's in it for you out of all of this? A massive self sense of satisfaction. I just, I just having a job that I enjoy <laughs> is a massive achievement for me. Really, um, I think one of the things that I've taken from the people I meet is that they've taught me to stop being so judgmental. They they don't judge anybody at all on how they look. If you're nice to them, they'll be nice to you and. I think I've learned a lot from that, that um, in mainstream education, everyday life, we do judge people a lot. And these guys just don't. They just, if you're nice to them, they'll be nice back. So you've been, you've been working here for about four years or so. So what have the guys here taught you that would have been really helpful for you to know 20 years ago when you were normal teacher, normal life, normal job? Um, I, th I think mainly that people who have tremendous difficulties, you don't always see that. And maybe you're not as understanding with people as you should be. Um, because what you see on the surface isn't necessarily what they have to cope with in, you know, their everyday life. Um, one of the things I'm finding um, in my own life that I'm really trying to cultivate is more curiosity i find that when i do stuff out of curiosity then it just interesting things happen and one thing i noticed this morning there's a um the young girl i can't remember her who was asking a lot of questions about the rabbits and the ducks yeah. <laughs> um and there's, there's a real sense of curiosity here um so have you have you found that yeah it's and about never-ending stream of questions some of which I, I can't answer uh, we usually manage to find somebody who can answer them uh, walking up to the woods we can stop every few yards to have a look at something that I would have walked by I wouldn't have noticed it what's this what's that why is it there um, sometimes it's nothing sometimes it's um, some, we see a, a few slow worms 
I've never really noticed them before because I've never looked. Now I've seen quite a few since I've been here and every time we see one, we stop and we talk about it, we look at it, we photograph it. So it's just never-ending stream of questions, yeah. So why, why are they more curious than um, you or I? I think they, they lack some inhibitions and they don't care if, if they're not worried that people don't think maybe think well you should know that they don't care they'll just ask they've not learned sometimes to hide their curiosity because they don't want to appear foolish they um they they they're just more spontaneous perhaps so i've um i've met you now on this uh day three of my adventure cycling around yorkshire what do you think i could learn from um the beyond boundaries thing that will help me as I go off on my adventure around Yorkshire? To not worry about the little things, um, to have a good a good time and just to be to be nice to people. I'm sure you are nice to people, but that's what I, I take from them. Don't judge people and be nice. That's very good advice. Thank you. The last question I want to ask you is it is this um if you had one extra hour a day all to yourself every day what would you do um oh dear that's tough i'd probably sit down and read a book <laughs> sorry <laughs> okay well follow up then what what book should i go and read that will help me become more wild and bold and curious what's a good book for me to read oh heck you put me on the spot here um trying to think which book or I really put Can't you on the you spot. You really there. have put me on the okay. spot. <laughs> okay, I'll I'll pause that then and ask you one more question about about beyond boundaries, which was which is um, what do you need here? How could people, the wider world, or the millions or dozens of people listening to this, what can people do to help the work you're doing? Well, we do get a lot of help. We have um, we met a new person, a new volunteer today basically people who are willing to give up some time to come along and volunteer, be it for one day a week, as some people do, or even just to pop in every now and then for a cup of tea and a chat and um, just talk to them. They love having visitors. Just talk to just talk to them. So yeah. it's mostly local visitors and support you need rather than anything via... I mean, there's always you know, a business like this. Money is always important, but it's the time people give that is much more important, really. Yeah, actually, sorry, you know, I'm so bad at these podcasts, having been number two. One of the main <laughs> things I wanted to talk about, which I completely forgot, is uh, that you reminded me of that because the two things that stop me doing things in life are usually time or money. And I think for a lot of people, they're the two big yeah. barriers. But the uh, the guys you're working with here, that's not the th not really the issue in their life, time no, no. or money. So, so... What are the sort of barriers that they face? Um, a lot of them will face um, maybe transport could be an issue for them wanting to get out and about. Um, also, maybe that they haven't got access to some of the facilities and clubs that other people would have. There is not so much for the guys that come here, but for some people that we meet um, when we go into schools, facilities, 
changing facilities and things that that can be a massive barrier that if there aren't the correct changing facilities for people who are severely disabled it will stop them getting to where they want to go and to to doing what they want to do as well and how how do they um, this is a generalization but how do they in, by and large cope with society at large does society look after them properly help you, them properly i did so i found that when we when we take them out, I have actually been really, I think, pleasantly surprised at how many people are kind and caring with them. And yeah, they talk to them, they laugh, they chat with them, um, and then they look after them. I think I've seen a nicer side of society than perhaps you you know you see in the news that awful things go on. And when you go out there with these guys, you think. No, there are a lot of people out there who are really nice. We just don't hear about them. There are a lot of people who are nice and some of them are here today. So I thank you for inviting me or welcome. I'm not sure you did invite me. Thank you for <laughs> letting me come after I invited myself. And uh, I really admire what you're doing. And I think um, it's a very happy place. So yeah. thank you. Thank you very much for coming and I uh, hope you enjoy the rest of your adventure. Thank you. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of Living Adventurously. There's show notes from every episode on my website, alistairhumphreys.com slash podcast. If you have enjoyed it, please take a screenshot of your phone and pop it up on social media or leave a review with your podcast provider. It makes a massive difference. Thank you very much. To make this podcast happen, I teamed up with Kamut the outdoor planning and navigation app that helps you explore more of the great outdoors. One of the many ways Kamut helps you have better adventures is through their highlights feature. Kamut highlights are recommendations from local adventurers in the area you want to explore. They could be a great cafe, a particularly beautiful stretch of trail, a lookout point or a well-stocked shop. These recommendations appear on the map as highlights, large red dots for popular highlights, those with lots of additional information and images, or small red dots for highlights that have fewer comments and images. Inside the hint, the size of the dot doesn't necessarily correspond to the quality of the highlight in real life. It only indicates how many people have visited the highlight before you. Perhaps it's a little less visited and therefore all the more special. Your very own outdoor experiences and some inspiring highlights are waiting for you. Go explore more with Kamut. Head to kamut.com slash G and use the voucher code ADVENTUROUS to claim your free region bundle.